0: Friends, Jesus is coming. Jesus is bringing hope and and peace and joy and love. You are loved. You are forgiven. Do not be afraid. Christmas is coming. Our scripture for today is Matthew chapter 3, verses 1 through 12. You can find that on page 1171 of your pew Bibles. It's Matthew chapter 3, verses 1 through 12. It's on page 1171 of the blue Bible in front of you. In those days, John the Baptist appeared in the desert of Judea announcing, Change your hearts and lives. Here comes the kingdom of heaven. He was the one of whom the prophet Isaiah spoke when he said, The voice of one shouting in the wilderness, Prepare the way for the Lord. Make his paths straight. John wore clothes of camel's hair, With a leather belt around his waist, he ate locusts and wild honey. And people from Jerusalem throughout Judea and all around the Jordan River came to him. As they confessed their sins, he baptized them in the Jordan River. Many Pharisees and Sadducees came to be baptized by John. And he said to them, You children of snakes! you to escape from the angry judgment that is coming. Produce fruit that shows you have changed your hearts and lives and don't even think of saying to yourselves Abraham is our father. I tell you that God is able to raise up Abraham's children from these stones. The axe is already at the root of the trees. Therefore every tree that doesn't produce good fruit will be chopped down Tossed into the fire. I baptize with water those of you who have changed your hearts and lives. The one who is coming after me is stronger than I am. I'm not worthy to carry his sandals. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. The shovel he uses to sift the wheat from the husks is in his hands. He will clean out his threshing area and bring the wheat into the barn, but he will burn the husks with a fire that can't be put out. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Advent is one of my favorite seasons. It's a season of spiritual preparation for Christmas. It's a season of longing and hope. It's a season to cozy up inside and think and reflect. And just as I get settled in, every year the lectionary brings us John the Baptist, who strides out here yelling at everyone, change, change your hearts, change your lives, or else change. And he scares me. John the Baptist scares me. He's just a little too intense for me. He calls people snakes. He's not concerned with being nice. He is not a man of tact. He says it doesn't matter who your parents are. It doesn't matter how you were raised or how you've lived all along. If you don't bear fruit, well, the axe is at the root of the tree. Watch out. And we're going to separate the wheat from the husks and burn the husks with fire that will never be put out. So you better change. You better change or else. Merry Christmas. (laughs) This does not feel like good news to me. Not on any level. Again and again, John says, you better change. Change your heart. Change your lives. The churchy word for all this change is repentance. And repentance is a word that can come sometimes with a lot of baggage. It's a heavy word. It's a hellfire and brimstone kind of word. It's a word with flames licking around its edges, just like the flames in this passage. Repent or burn, say the signs on the side of the highway. Repent or else. And even if we don't take it that far, when churchy people start talking about how we need to change, it always feels like judgment is lurking right around the corner. If you don't change, you're not good enough. That's what it can feel like sometimes. So why is this here, in the middle of Advent? Why are we talking about snakes and axes and unquenchable fire? Where are the amazed shepherds and the marveling magi? That's what I am. I'm in the mood for. Why all this intense talk about repentance and fire. It might help to know that the word repentance just means to turn around. You go this way, and you turn around, and go this way, which we do all the time in our lives. We change our minds. We have a change of heart. John says that's what you need. Change your mind. Change your heart. Repent. John invites us to do that even more deeply. I think we talk about change during Advent because we have to be open to change, open to it, if we're going to welcome Christ into our lives in a fresh way. It's not that we have to get it all figured out or get it all perfect. We need to be at least open to change if we're going to be open to Christ. I actually think the most important part of this passage is the wheat and husks and unquenchable fire. I know that feels like the part we want to skip but I think it's the most important thing. I think it's essential. A friend of mine taught me something about this passage that has changed how I've, all, how I've read it completely. He taught me that husks, which are sometimes called chaff, you may have heard of wheat and chaff, husks are a normal, natural part of wheat. The husk protects the wheat germ, in its first stages of development. Without a husk, without chaff, wheat cannot develop. But then when it's mature, the husk falls away. And the farmer helps that along, dividing them up. But it's normal, it's natural to have husks, to have chaff. And it's normal and natural for the husks to be separated at some point. It's not that some of us are wheat and some of us are chaff. It's that we all have both. We are wheat that is growing. And we have husks in our lives. Things we outgrow. And the promise is they're going to get separated out. Those husks can be patterns or habits that no longer serve us. They might be a worldview that we've outgrown in some way. It might be a way of dealing with conflict that no longer works. There are all sorts of things we outgrow that serve us for a time, but don't anymore. Paul puts it that when we were children, we thought like a child, we acted like a child, But as we grow and mature in Christ, we put aside childish things. There are things that serve us when we are children or at various times in our lives that as we grow, we let go of. That's what this wheat and chaff stuff is about. And so the fire is not a fire of punishment, but a fire of refining. It helps us let go of what is no longer needed in our lives. If we want to find new life, we have to be able to let go and change. That's why John the Baptist keeps hollering in the wilderness, Change! The kingdom of God is here. So Change. Not or else, but so that you can welcome it. This Sunday is the Sunday of peace in our traditional four-week Advent calendar. And I think this is always the first step to peace. Being willing to change. Being willing to change our minds about something. Or change our lives, our hearts in some way. That's how peace begins. It's how we welcome new life. We have to be open to change. I've been thinking about how Joseph needed to change. Not my husband Joseph. I'm not going to tell you how I think he should change. <laughs> Nothing would be served by that. But Joseph, the father of Jesus... I think Joseph had expectations about how his life was going to go. He was engaged to a very nice girl. They were going to get married. They were going to be faithful to one another. They were going to have babies together. They were going to grow old together and live happily ever after. And then she went and got pregnant when she shouldn't have. And to make matters worse, she claims it is divine intervention. She won't even take responsibility for what's happened. And Joseph has to change. His expectations have to change. If he's going to stay with Mary, if he's going to welcome this child, if he's going to find new life. He had to shed expectations that were too narrow, that confined him. To encounter Christ, Joseph had to change his expectations. I think the wise men had to change too. They were powerful men with a lot of privilege. They were highly educated. They had the means to strike out on a long journey with no more to guide them than a star and a hunch. They were used to consorting with princes and kings. So, of course, they assume they should go straight to King Herod. It takes a king to find a king, right? But King Herod leads them astray. He doesn't do anything good. And when they ultimately follow that star to the end, they find not a prince or a king in any traditional sense of the word. They don't find someone with any power or any privilege. They find a baby born homeless. And they fall down and worship. Their whole worldview changed. I imagine Mary had to change too. I always think of her as very certain and sure. I forget that at the beginning, when the angel's, angel came to her, the first thing she said was, Who, me? Really? Little old me? And I hear in that, that sense of inadequacy that some of us struggle with. That sense of, who, me? Could they possibly mean me? People want me? Mary had to let go of that husk of insecurity and inadequacy if she was really going to say yes to God. That husk was old and ready to go. So I wonder, what is John inviting us to change today? If we take his yelling and just turn down the volume a bit so that it fits here for us, it's not accusatory, it's an invitation. What's old that needs to be set aside? What has served us for a time? that you're ready to let go of? What might you want a little help letting go of? What's worn out in your life? What assumptions have you made that no longer serve you? What would you like to be relieved of? Advent's the season for considering that. What are you ready to let go of so that you can welcome new life into your life? What are you ready to let go of? What would you like to change? How might you invite God into that change? I invite you to just reflect on that for a couple of minutes.